Yeah, hello. Marco Polo here with another installment of the Valhalla Movement podcast. Today, um, we've got a guest who has been inspiring me, or at least his website's been inspiring me for quite a while now. And um, it seems to have like a great team and a great flow and vibe to it. And I, every second or third day, I somehow end up on this website reading some new article uh, whether it be about like eco-construction or about community or about something that the government is doing wrong or, or just some kind of like weird notion. I don't know. There's so much going on on this website. Um, it's such a great source of information. And uh, Joe Martino is here with us today for collective-evolution.com. Like I said, you, you have to check out this site. There's so much information on it. Uh, the link is in the description below for anybody who's looking for it while you're listening to this. So, uh, hey, man, thanks. Thanks for being on the podcast with us. Not a problem. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's uh, good to hear, uh, you know, your feedback there. It's always nice to hear uh, that the stuff's getting out there and kind of, I guess, impacting people's lives in some positive way. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, a lot of people actually talk to me about your website. Like, there's a lot of people who are kind of opening their eyes to this kind of consciousness to a different way of thinking and a different way of educating themselves. I think, you know, when the internet first kind of started, um, it was like a place for us to explore, right? And it was a place for us to learn to some degree, but we never really saw it as an educational tool in the same way that I believe we do now. Um, and the breakdown of the traditional educational system has just kind of led to more and more people turning to online for their real news and for their real education and for like the real opinion on what, what is going on in the world. Um, and I feel like sites like yours, yours like Collective Evolution, uh, you know, one of the, the other ones that I, I found had an impact on me earlier on was High Existence. Um, and then, you know, things like documentaries have done a really good job at changing that conversation and about shifting the mindsets that people have had um, in the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember back, like, you're in elementary school, I guess it was, and it's like, the teachers are giving you a project and it's like, oh yeah, you know, your sources can only be like either these books or this, this, that or whatever. Like if you go on the internet, like it has to be like a government website or it has to be like mm -hmm. something like so like legit quote unquote, but like, you know, I would go on the internet and like you would find stuff that's like, well, I mean, this is, this is just as good. Like, I mean, I don't understand why I can't use this, you know, like, and there's this big, I guess, fear around anything can go on the internet. And mm -hmm. if anything can go on the internet, then it's always wrong and this, that, whatever. But, you know, at the same time, you have to look at it like you have a, an outlet like the news per se. And, you know, they say, oh, well, not anything can just go on that. It's only uh, controlled by a few people. And it's like, well, that in, in a sense could be an issue, couldn't it? Like, you know, it's like you're only seeing out one perspective or one type of, uh, of, of idea, whether it be political or, or anything like that coming through that medium. So yeah, definitely the internet has become like a huge learning tool. Um, when you look at even things like Monsanto, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the March against Monsanto, all that sort of stuff. Like when that was just starting to get big and like people were just starting to talk about here and there a little bits, right? Like not that many people knew about like GMOs and like labeling and like mm -hmm. all the downsides and everything. And I, I truly feel when you look at it, uh, there's been a mixture of, you know, obviously what's happening on the internet and like the, it, it turning into the streets and like people going out there and all that sort of stuff. It's forced the, po the political side to look at it and go, 
yeah, this is a way bigger issue than like, <laughs> you know, we think and like we can't really hide this anymore because anytime something comes out, like people are just all over it. Yeah. So I truly feel like Monsanto and that whole thing is a perfect example of how the internet has actually made a huge impact on, um, you know, changing the world and, and, and doing it in a positive way. Oh, definitely. I mean, like, I, I owe everything that is Valhalla, and, and I think us as a group at, at Valhalla owe everything that, it, that we are to the fact that the internet existed. I mean, yeah. we, we learned about earthships, we learned about permaculture, we, we came together as a group and, and started meeting each other and communicating because of the internet. Like, the internet has been the most crucial thing, and I think it was like the most, you know, like people say, well, oh, you know, is Valhalla like just another modern day group of hippies? And I'm like, well, the difference between the hippies and, and where Valhalla or, and I don't even want to consider us in that group, but where, where the world is today is that today we have the technology of what they were preaching back when the hippie era was, was you know, gaining steam. Like, mm-hmm. they only dreamed of the connection that we can have today, of the spread of information, of making something go viral online, of, of allowing this kind of, kind of fringe information but real information and real quality um, info to really seep into the minds in the mainstream. And I mean, it, I mean, look, you guys are an online business at this point too, right? Like what, what ended up sparking starting Collective Evolution? I'm, I'm, a, I'm sure it came from some kind of inspiration on the internet. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because um, it was sort of in, a, in and around like, I guess, the zeitgeist era, like kind of mm. the beginning of that. Yeah. Um, it was like, I was personally like, just to, to speak, I guess, from my side of it, it was kind of like, I was going through like changes in my own life where it was like, you know, I wanted to leave school and like, I wasn't really happy with what I was doing. And I, I felt like I had like no direction in a sense in life. Like I had ideas of what I wanted to do, but I wasn't quite sure. So it was like, well, I'm starting to get a little bit like anxious and like nervous about like this whole thing because like I don't know where I want to be and like everybody's pressuring you and this that whatever, and um, so I went through like a pretty low period when I was in like college and I was just like I-, I can't do this and so I ended up dropping out, and during that whole period of like the depression or or the the being feeling really down and confused, it was like there was there was a lot of like searching for answers and those answers came from like zeitgeist or like these other like websites and stuff like that where i was looking at you know the feelings that you have your whole life where it's like something's not quite right here whether it be with the economic system or with education or mm-hmm. healthcare, all this sorts of stuff that you have this inkling that like something's off and then like you start getting all the answers and it's like everything is falling into place now it's like Absolutely. now it makes sense you know and so from that whole journey and especially going into um, when things were rough for me, um, I ended up meeting uh, an individual who's been featured in a couple of our films, um, Franco De Nicola is his name, and we kind of like, just kind of like really like, like we hit it off really fast, like there was a lot of like, you know, talking back and forth, this, that, whatever, he was, he was sharing a lot of ideas that was like, oh wow, you know, I never really thought of it that way, and when you start mm-hmm. to think about things, and when you start to like get, get into yourself, and like understanding how you think, and how, how your beliefs were formed, or like how like all this stuff that like your whole life you've questioned, but you never really knew the answers to, but now you're kind of exploring it on your own, and like you have encouragement and support, and it's like, oh yeah, you know what, like this makes sense, and then you start learning about yourself. So that whole experience happened, and um, 
from there it was kind of like, well, it would be great to like put together a resource, like one almost like central mm-hmm. thing where you could have like people come and they could get information about this, that, whatever, like personal development. Like at the time, I think we were very passionate about um, helping to like change people's selves, like like mm-hmm. helping to allow them to find answers they're looking for and like dealing with things on what you call like a spiritual side and all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of even where the name comes from. Like collectively we're evolving like in a mm-hmm. conscious sense to to change what we're doing here. And uh, so then that's kind of when like the website was formed. But quickly after that it was like, you know, this thing could kind of be like a bigger organization in the sense of like we want to do other things, you know, like we want to do events. We want to like, you know, meet people in person, do all these things. We didn't want it just to be an internet thing. And uh, over the years, it just kept kind of expanding and expanding. And, um, you know, we held events, we did meetups, we did all these sorts of things where we'd get out in the community. And uh, it was all just based around this, like, this, this whole thing of there's clearly some shift that is taking place here where people are asking questions and it's happening in such large numbers. The internet is obviously a, a, an assistance for it. Yeah, um, definitely a catalyst. But it, everything's just falling into place. And uh, that's, you know, kind of, yeah, Collective Evolution was born in that, and it's, it's kind of still just taking off from there. So is, is that, so I, first of all, I'm going to touch back on, on Zeitgeist because I have to pay homage to it once again. Yeah. It seems like everyone I talk to, um, you know, I, I spoke to uh, Chris Agnos from The Sustainable Man. I yeah. spoke to tons of different people, and so many of us, including myself, when I watch Zeitgeist, the first Zeitgeist is one thing, right? Like 9-11, whatever, you know, um, religion and all that stuff that they had, the New World Order was one yeah. thing. But when I watch where money came from, and uh-huh. Zeitgeist addendum, and then, I, and then they kind of introduced quickly at the end, like the Venus Project and went down that route, I was like, holy shit, like, that <laughs> makes so much sense. Like, and not, it's not like I, I, I don't fully advocate everything that Zeitgeist says today, but mm. I do definitely see how that changed so many people's perspective like universally it was like it was really one of those documentaries that led to so much more from that um and it's just incredible like the 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 amount of knowledge that we didn't used to have about like where money came from and how it worked was so mind-blowing to me um and and now slowly but surely it's, it's coming together right slowly but surely we are collectively evolving um and, I, and I'm happy to hear that what you did, as opposed to even, you know, some of these other sites have, are not doing as well, is you're going out into the community. It seems like you have a drive to actually create not only content online, not only videos and things, but really be a part of the conversation in person and doing something in person and events and, and you know, maybe eco-construction or whatever it is. Tell me more about that. Like, tell me more about the direction that you think and you feel. Because obviously, I personally have felt that way. I know everyone at Valhalla feels that way. I mean, that, that's why, you know, we're associated more directly to, I guess, permaculture and earthships in this, in the eco-construction. And we're also trying to do the online thing. But it seems like you guys have really nailed the online thing. And now you're kind of going offline. And we're doing, we're kind of doing the exact opposite. We're like kind of mirroring yeah. the exact same thing. Um, and we're having, this, you know, a lot of success. But we don't have the same numbers that you guys do. We don't have the same amount of like writers um, because we took a less pr- traditional way of getting to that path. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, speak to me a little bit about that. Speak to me a little bit about the, the shift from online to offline. Well, I think that's 
even in what you were mentioning too, with like, you know, say we're doing this online stuff a lot, but you guys are focusing on like the community and stuff and really starting in that sense. I think that's also just in itself, the value of people have their passions and they have the resources or the means or whatever it is that shows up the groups of people to do whatever it is that group was meant to do at that time. Mm-hmm. And for you guys, it was to start there and, and and to, you know, really be out in the community and kind of rally people up that way and, and teach people things and get people involved and learning and stuff like that. And for us, it just happened to be, um, you know, starting online and doing things like that and then slowly trickling out into the community and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's the, that's in a sense, the perfection of so many different groups and movements and, and websites and organizations and whatever it might be who are doing what they're doing. They all seem to have like a niche that in a, in a big picture sense, they were almost meant to do. And, mm. um, and then slowly but surely they, they expand from there and, and kind of start hitting other, other spots. But yeah, for us, it was kind of like, we, we liked the idea of, of getting something out in a sense where, you know, it could be international. So you could write something, you could, you know, record a video, make a documentary, whatever it might be, and you could push it out there and people all over the world are going to see it. And uh, we just felt a lot of value in that. So we kind of took that path pretty hard. And uh, then we realized like, you know what, there's people around Toronto that we could probably connect with and stuff like that. So, you know, we started to do that. Um, And like, I'll be honest, like since probably sometime in 2013, I don't remember, but at some point in 2013, we kind of like things were just like shifting. We went back very much to an online sense for for quite a while. And we've been hungry to get back out like (laughs) and really start doing things again Mm -hmm. um, in the community. Like we've we certainly meet up with a lot of people and like, you know, our doors are always open to like chat with new people, connect with new people and, you know, do projects. But, um, you know, we've, we've had bigger plans for 2014 to, to start doing these sorts of things. It's just time is just flying by so fast and like, so like, it feels like sometimes so, so much, like, uh, so little amount of things can get done in such a long period of time because mm-hmm. of like the fact that it's like time just goes. But, um, yeah, like we've we're one of the first like uh, I guess bigger retreats that uh, we're actually involved in um, is coming up, but just kind of later this month, and that's kind of the first time we're finally getting back to like something where it's like, all right, we're in person, we're there, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had we had other hopes for 2014, but it kind of just never it never unfolded. You know, mm-hmm. um, but well, it I takes definitely- time. The physical world, you know, one of the things that the realities that Valhalla has faced, and and I personally face is. Um, the amount of time that it takes to get something together that that yeah. is physical, like to make a website is one thing, you know, like we got a website up pretty quickly and even to change certain things, that's one thing. Uh, we, we don't really have a stream of revenue and I'm assuming collective evolution does. I mean, it must at this point. Okay. With, mm. with, I'm assuming the number of traffic and stuff that you have, but we don't really have that stream of revenue that came from that. But what we did was, you know, we crowdfunded making this greenhouse, for example, but the time that it takes to go through the bureaucratic tape of like getting a plan stamped for a greenhouse and then figuring out the exact sizes and who's going to do what and like coordinating like construction in any way, shape or form. The arrows up. I mean, oh my God, do I have like such a respect for the people who do this now? Like it's yeah. unreal how, how difficult that can be when you don't already have the resources or you don't have like a truck to pick up materials or you don't have those things versus yeah. the online world. Like, you know, I think if we spent all of our time doing the online stuff, we would have, I guess, more success by a numbers perspective um, online. But at the same time, we would like 
we wouldn't be achieving, we wouldn't be building a solar shed this week, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's a very different reality, and it's it's definitely tough. Like I can I can feel you on that, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like even this like this retreat that we're doing, it there wasn't anywhere close to say the amount of work that would need to be required to like do um, uh, whether it be an off grid like greenhouse like you guys did with the Airship greenhouse, um, but yet even just putting together that physical event, like going to the venue and having to meet with all the people and like mm -hmm. doing all this stuff and like, you know, scoping out the whole venue and like really planning this. And then, you know, you got to have this meeting, get this equipment together, do all this stuff. It's just like, it takes so much time and it's like a two day thing and it's like, yeah. and then it's over. But it's like, I guess there's a lot of value that, that happens through there. But um, certainly the, the physical world can be so, uh, so much work to get things done. Like we did, uh, a shoot yesterday for a, a, a scene of a short film that one of the guys uh, that works with us here, um, he's hoping to do a feature film, but he wanted to, sh you know, film like a teaser to get like the funding for the feature. Mm -hmm. And it was like three pages of script. It's like a, a couple minutes, the scene, and it took like almost 10 hours of I believe it. filming yet, you know, even on top of that, like was all the pre-planning and all that sort of stuff that he was doing. And it's like, it's just so much work to bring something physical together. You know, whereas like I could write an article in an hour, put it online. And if it happens to be a, a really viral article, I can reach 500,000 people in like, you know, five, six hours. And you're just like, what the hell just happened? You know, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. It's just how it works. So, so what, so who, like you've mentioned we before and I've seen, I've kind of been on the, I guess I've looked around at what your team looks like and what you guys seem to have on the back end, but I don't think everyone who's listening might know that. So what, who is we at this point and, and how, how has that team come together and how is it growing? And like, you know, maybe how does somebody join? How does somebody uh, help out? You know, are you, are you hiring people or are you doing things on like a, you know, how does that work? You know, somebody listening to this might be like, you know what? I, I jive with Valhalla. I jive with Collective Evolution. I want to be a part of it. I want to do something, but I have a hard time figuring out what to do. Or they have a passion, like I'd love to be a blogger, but I, you know, to start their own blog today with the with Facebook's new APIs and bullshit yeah. is it's impossible. You yeah. know, I, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's very it's much very less It's much less probable than than the people who have already established themselves. Um, so yeah. yeah, tell me a little bit more about the team. So, I mean, uh, Cole's notes version of everything. It's like when it started out, there was like myself and, and a couple other people. Um, but pretty quickly, it was like the, I guess the, the passion wasn't quite there in the same way. And, and so that kind of drifted. And then we had other people uh, jump in on board just because like, you know, they were friends or they were um, girlfriends or whatever it was. And so we started kind of forming a team in that sense. Um, bottom line is everybody who was involved at one way or another was was into the message or passionate about it. Um, and so they were working on it. But at this point, we, we basically have like kind of like a core team, you can call it, where, you know, we're kind of handling all the day to day, working together, doing all this sort of stuff, um, you know, heading all the projects, you know, whatever it is we're doing. And that's basically like myself and uh, there's four others. And then we have a, a guy who's just like really responsible for like tech and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's 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 been a team where people just came when they were like, kind of I guess almost guided to or they felt like there was there was a passion and it, it happened to fit in perfectly like um you know Ollie I'd be really nice if we had like someone who could do like kind of this this and this and then like a week later like someone's like hey you know I've been thinking about you know whatever and you know next thing you know it's just boom they're like involved and you're like this is great like you know it just it works out quickly 
Mm. Um, we've always like wanted to like open things up more to other people in this set, whatever, but it's like running a website or running this organization the way it is with all the moving pieces. It sometimes is like, it's tough because you're, sure. there's very specific things to know. And there's, there's very, uh, we have a very specific style to what we do. It's, it's, you know, we try and be very like neutral. We don't want to be emotionally, you know, charged on either side of either it's way too positive and fluffy or it's way too negative and like aggressive. Mm -hmm. It's just, we want that like simple objective middle ground where you're sharing uh, bits of clarity or you're, you're even pointing out something that's happening in the world, but from a, a neutral standpoint. Mm -hmm. And we found that it's hard to get people um, to write that, that really uh, feel that and, and, and are able to, I guess, you know, put that out there. Mm -hmm. So finding writers has been tricky at times, but we still <clears throat> we still offer on our website like you can submit articles and all that sort of stuff, and then like we can give you if like if if you know things are working out and it's like the the, the writing is there, we you know we offer like basically an audience at this point till we get to a point where we can say yeah you know we can start like hiring and bringing on more writers so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's kind of just how it how it came together and how people are involved and we just trust in a sense that whenever we need more people like they'll kind of come along and like it'll it'll fall into place it's kind of been that that perfect balance of a relationship so to speak and you guys have a videographer because who's been doing these documentaries that you guys have put out is that somebody who's on the team at this point uh yeah i mean the first the first one um was basically um a lot of just like myself i did like the editing all that sort of stuff but um, you know, we obviously, a couple of us started in that one. In the second one, there was more of us. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've done majority, I guess, for the second one. It was a lot of just based in and around Toronto and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I kind of was handling, I guess, the, the back end side of it. And same with the third one. Um, but the third one, we got to go on a, a pretty cool trip. Uh, myself and my girlfriend, we went across uh, North America, essentially, like a whole bunch of different places, mm. uh, doing all the filming for it and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, came back and just put it in post and just went at it for a while. And it was, it was such a weird project because it was one of those ones where you start out, you have an idea, if you feel good about it, but for some reason you just keep running into these like little roadblocks, but challenges, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you're always just finding them and you're always having to work around them. And, and I, it was part of the journey, you know, so much was learned from that film, but, um, and we're pretty happy with how it turned out. And, and so is the goal to continue to do more? Like I, I know, uh, we, we quickly touched upon it before the call is the goal yeah. to do more video at this point. Like, do you feel like where, where is, okay, so Collective Evolution as an online platform. So you're definitely going to do more offline or you would like to at least on the event yeah. side. But on the online platform, like what's happening? Like where, where, is, where do you think you should go? Because I know, you know, I mentioned the Facebook APIs. I know that social media is getting tougher. Mm -hmm. And capturing that audience is no longer the same anymore. And trying to make something go viral is not, I don't know. I feel like it's, gonna get, it's getting tougher. Yeah, personally, I, that's how I feel about it. But so what what are the things that you guys are going to try and do to address that? Like what, you know, what is your game plan? Like I'd love to, I'm super interested in knowing this kind of stuff because yeah. we're trying to we're trying to support it. You know, like I want to find more ways for us to be able to work together, you know, and Valhalla to be able to support you guys and do more with that. And, you know, one of the things we're doing is something called Green Seed. And that's a big thing that we're going to do online. But mm -hmm. I'd love to hear what you guys are, are aiming at. Well, um, one of the things we're kind of focusing on right now is, um, so we, we've got the, the writing aspect of it down for the articles, 
we want to now bring in a lot more video. So, um, you know, we're thinking about things like uh, more vlogs, that sort of stuff to offer value, mm -hmm. whether it be, you know, personal development based stuff or just vlogging along with a story. So you could sum up the story, you could do, you know, um, added added tidbits or opinions and that, whatever, to just offer a little bit more value, a little bit more of a, uh, of a, a face well, to it, I guess. Story. Yeah. People, people, people want to know who things. you are, right? People want to know who's behind the camera and, and there, there's like, Vice does, does that well a little yeah. bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that. That was the other thing. We we were after a couple of projects that would have been a little bit vicey style, where like you go out and you, you film a, a eight to fifteen minute little documentary or piece about something. But mm -hmm. um, so far, it hasn't really like fully come about. But like that is something that those types of projects we feel will be like one offs. Like if we feel like we find something that's like, oh, I really need to do a story on that. We'll like go out there, we'll do it, and we'll you know make it happen. So like that's always in the background, but. Uh, making more multimedia. We're working on a mobile app right now. Um, oh, sweet. We are um, hoping to kind of like, I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked about community and we've talked about getting out there and doing that sort of stuff. That's certainly something that um, we want to do more of. And one of the big things with that is action. We want to inspire action a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It's It's tough because like, you know, I look at my own journey and I look at like, how much action did I do at the beginning that really changed um, my life? And when I look at it, so much of the action was just reflecting and like changing my perceptions and my beliefs and myself. And I, I, I understand there's a lot of value in physical world action and all that sort of stuff. But I do think there is a lot of value as well in just like your own personal inner self and taking actions on changing and adjusting that. Mm. And so I think we want to maintain the the – the, like an equal balance focus on doing both of those. Yeah. I think right now um, we we don't encourage enough, I think, physical action just because of the, the way our platform has been and the way we've been doing things. But we're hoping to kind of just bring those to a, kind of an equal standpoint so that um, people can really focus on self. And then from focusing on self, you also have the options there to, to go out in the physical world and do things, whether it be organize things with each other and your local area or whether it be like, you know, hey, we're looking to do this and I'm in this area of the world, I'm in this area of the world, you're in that area of the world, but we want to come together and kind of uh, create a project. We all have our unique skills. We can do it all online. So that it's even like it's online uh, organized action, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So there's a number of different, I guess, areas, but if you were to just kind of block them into each other, it's it's really focusing on creating more action, focusing on getting a bit more multimedia with, with what we're presenting online, that sort of stuff. And then... Um, Kind of also we got this project where we're hoping to create um, sort of like a retreat center or um, an off-grid uh, home or off-grid um, building, learning center, whatever you want to call it, that would be able to, to offer value to people in various ways. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a big project, but it's it's still an on the go. I, I mean, obviously, we resonate um, together on that one. I mean, that, that's what I've, I've always said is that the, you know, I, I, I personally agree. You know, online or uh, the action that anybody's going to take, most of like half the battle is like changing yourself, like yeah. realizing that sustainability, for example, or uh, consciousness is internal. Like it's a, it's really a lifestyle. It's really more of like, oh, I'm going to choose to eat this rather than that, or I'm going to choose to do this today rather than do this. And you know you have to adopt it within yourself and there's no changing the world without changing yourself. Yeah. You know, you, that's where you have to start. And 
I dream of and, and Valhalla dreams of creating a physical location where we can inspire more and more people to come together because we understand the value of that space, yeah. right? Like where Valhalla is located is about 20 minutes outside of downtown Montreal. And there are so many people, even just in Montreal, that are so interested in this stuff. But we have like a hard time of finding a place where we can consistently meet up, like where they can just like walk in. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, and it, almost like it was like a regular business or something where they could yeah. just show up and like, oh, this is going on today. Cool. On this calendar and boom. And, and, you know, they can see what's happening and then just show up to be a part of it. So many people have come by as like almost tourists to Valhalla. You know, every Saturday we were having different volunteers coming out and we'd have like 50, 60 people show up and we hadn't built anything. Like our greenhouse wasn't built. None of this was, was there. So yeah. that physical space is so great. Um, and then I'd love to, to see it kind of, I'd love to see bigger networks begin to combine mm -hmm. online. I, you know, I'd love to see more cross-pollination between like some of these brands like Sustainable Man who, you know, had one video go viral and now all of a sudden they have 1.2 million, you know, Facebook fans. Uh, maybe more than one video had done well, but one particularly did well. And then all of a sudden things blew up. But I'd love to see different websites begin to like conglomerate into some of these online portals like that work together and then as well as these offline kind of hubs where you know if this building exists that you guys create or that we create or that somebody else created somewhere that we can use those spaces as these hubs and like put them on on a, a collective map somewhere yeah you know that's something we're we're trying to work on slowly but surely again with the limited amount of, you know, the fact that we're doing it on the side because there's no real, um, there's no financing on from our website. Like, we don't have ads on our website. Yeah. We're not at that point where even if we did, I don't think we would really make enough money to say that it is worth it. Um, but, like, yeah, the, the transition is such a beautiful, delicate balance and it's so tough to do. I believe that crowdfunding um, is very powerful and very strong and a great enabling um, feature of the internet that has kind of emerged and a new economy of the internet that it is allowing us to, to kind of put our money where our mouth is, right? Like if we like something, we're able to like, oh yeah, let's see more of that and, and yeah. let's throw some money or throw some, some, something at that, some support in some way, shape or form. And that's really where I think Valhalla on the online perspective, we're, we're trying to move in that direction of enabling not only us to do our projects, but actually opening the floodgates to like, how can we have a, a crowdfunding platform that is dedicated to these kinds of ideas and this type of consciousness and social good. And um, yeah, like I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are working on that, on that land because there's lots of people who also write to us from Ontario and are like, Hey, is there anything going on in, on, in the Ontario region? And I'm like, not really like here and there, <laughs> there's some things and some personal earthships or whatever, but nothing, like nothing, n nowhere I can like directly point them to. But yeah. I do believe that um, there are people who would who'd be willing to help you for sure on that front, definitely in your area. Nice, yeah. It's That's kind of where we're kind of at is, is the point of like, you know, we feel like if we could just get the land at that point, then we have this like, you have the one of the hardest parts is really just finding the location. Yeah. The location is so important. And then once you have that, it's like you can start you know, getting people out there. Like one of our first uh, plans, currently we have it broken down into about three phases. 
Um, but a part of the first phase, one of the most important things we want to do is just start creating a, a garden space where you can have year-round food growth and stuff like that. And, of course, you could get the community involved in that where people can come, they can learn, uh, they can – you know, one of the things we wanted to do was, was be able to offer a, a package where, you know, people come, you know, whether it be like either completely free or even something ridiculous like $5 or whatever. You give them plants and a whole bunch of seeds and then they go back to even where they are mm-hmm. um, in their home and in their backyard – they're able to grow foods throughout the summer, and if they want, you know, of course, a, a bit of a the deeper package. You know, year round in some form of of, of weather safe environment, or at least showing them, you know, these foods can grow later into the season or mm-hmm. really early in the season, and so you're only missing a couple of months here and there. Really, just giving people those those those. I guess, tools. And then, of course, at the same time, there probably is going to be an abundance of food available at the actual uh, space itself that you could let go for such a small amount of, of, of money because all you would really want to do is just let's cover what we put into this and yeah. let's, you know, maybe make a little bit of money here just for uh, further expanding what we're doing as opposed to saying, all right, we got to treat this, you know, like a business and, and we got to make all of our money and we got to, mm-hmm. you know, compete with the grocery stores and like, this type of thinking I don't think is necessarily um, what these projects need all the time. I, I think agree. There's a, there's a deeper sense of, um, of making stuff available and, and sustainable at the same time. So sustainable in a sense where you're making whatever it is you need to make to keep doing what you're doing, um, but it doesn't have to get out of hand and, and start being like, well, we need to start hoarding all this money and like doing all this stuff and buying all these fancy cars and doing all this and <laughs> You know, that's, it's what happens to, to people sometimes. And, and, you know, that's, I guess that's part of, you know, each person's individual experience. But, um, you know, I think it's an important factor to just keep things very available to people. Absolutely. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough business, you know, like every week I'm, I'm, I'm out there with the, with the team and, and some of these permaculture experts like Germ and Viv who are part of our team and, and they're, we're planting these trees and not all of them survive all the time. And then you have to do all kinds of stuff to take care of them. And every season and every week basically has its own challenges. Like, Oh, all of a sudden this week is a drought. Oh, guess what? Now we have to be out there watering the plants and stuff. Like there's so much again, that boils down into that physical um, manifestation of that, that that it takes, you know, I I can, I I don't fault the farmer for having Mm -hmm. gone the route of, saying, hey, why don't I just grow this exact same thing and get that one machine that can do it super yeah. quick? You know? And I get it because I, I interact with this one farmer. And I'll give you an example. He grows um, GMO corn and soya on, on rotation. And basically, he used to farm the land that now Valhalla we have purchased and, and are now taking over. And we, we have 60 acres of land, but we've only started on about like five. Okay. And that five has taken us like, this is our third season and we're, we're still nowhere near where we need to be or where we're going to be, let's say, over time. Um, and I speak to him and I'm like, well, you know, like how many acres of land do you farm? And he's like 3,000. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, like really? Like that's crazy. Like how the hell are you farming all 3,000 acres? And it's because he is basically forced to farm that much. Yeah. To afford these giant tractors, these tractors are worth as much as homes. They're like mm-hmm. $250,000, $300,000 for one of these tractors. And so he's in this situation where to pay off for his tractors, he needs to keep growing the things that he was growing before. And he has to have this level of efficiency and he has to rent land off of a whole bunch of people. And 
and buy some of his own land, but really he couldn't, he almost couldn't even have enough of his own land to be able to, to sustain his life if all he wanted to do was grow this GMO corn. Mm-hmm. And recently we began uh, conversations with a group called Orva, uh, which is uh, green gold basically. And their goal is to kind of promote the hemp industry in Quebec, right? The hemp products, but also the hemp growing because yeah. hemp is such a great, great product in the yeah. sense that it grows super fast. You could potentially have two growing seasons. It's it literally, you don't need to spray it because it grows like a weed. So all the other weeds don't really kind of compete with it. it it's just a weed in and of itself. It restores yeah. the soil. It doesn't need spray. It doesn't need watering. Like it doesn't need the same attention that some of these GMO corns and soybeans would need. And yet it's kind of like there's a cultural stigma around it. Yeah. And because of that cultural stigma and because of the fact that somebody might be growing weed, we have such hard regulations to, for somebody to be able to actually even grow hemp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is something that Valhalla is going to be moving in with, with you know, we're going to start doing this hopefully next season with this group because they, they were able to get a license to grow hemp. And then they started a co-op allowing other people to, to use their license basically. Right. But otherwise the ability to make money as a farmer is, is not easy. Like farmers are not rich. Like some of them can do pretty well and yeah, they have tons of, of machinery and a nice big house, but a lot of it is loans. And a lot of it is, is the challenge of them trying to find thousands of acres of land that they can farm to just make a living and pay for, you know, a couple of employees and their tractors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely tough, especially with, you know, uh, you know, the, the way like the government, even the way they subsidize, um, what they choose to subsidize and what they choose not to subsidize is sometimes it's tricky. I mean, one of the things they do choose to subsidize a lot is the, the GMO corn or, or just large uh, quantities of corn and, and probably soy as well. But mm-hmm. um, it, especially like I feel for the organic farmer who's like trying to do what they're trying to do. Um, and like it's like I tell people all the time, the only reason why G- or organic food is actually more expensive in stores is not because it costs more to grow it because it really doesn't. It's the fact that there's no subsidizing whatsoever for any of the GMO f- or the organic food that is hitting mm-hmm. the shelves in the grocery stores. It's it's all completely out of the pocket of the farmer, and then they got to make their profit back. Whereas you know there's something ridiculous like uh, I don't remember if it was like. It's 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 in the billions. It was something like either four or ten billion or whatever, eight yeah. billion that Canada puts into subsidizing like corn and soy and all these sorts of things each year. And it's like, well, that's why those um, items are cheap. And you know, these these conventional farmers, they're also getting a big chunk of that money. And that's why they're able to offer this stuff. You know, you get a head of lettuce for ninety nine cents, whereas you know, organic, it's two ninety nine. Well, at two dollars, majority of that is just subsidizing, and a little bit more of it is because of the prestige of it being organic. But it's 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 crazy yeah. how how it could work. And meanwhile, the yields study after study after study they're showing that the yields of organic farming is either ninety percent to sometimes they've shown like one hundred and ten percent of what conventional is doing. They're yeah. not depleting the soil as fast. They're not uh, putting harsh chemicals anywhere. The food, this is arguable, but I've found enough research to make me want to believe it, but the food is coming out a lot more nutritious. Um, so it's, it's like, what are, you, what are we doing here? We're yeah. subsidizing bad food. 
And that's we, that's the fact. We absolutely are. And and I mean, I can say this firsthand. I see the corn grow across the field from us yeah. every year. And I see what's growing on our land every year. And yeah. I see the difference and I taste the difference. And I know, like I know that there is a difference in terms of nutrition, in terms of taste, in terms of like even the process, the, the ability for you to be able to do it organically is so tough because yeah. think about it this way. We're surrounded by GMO corn, right? Yeah. So there's, there's a population of bugs and things and, and pests that are in any given area. But if everywhere else is being sprayed and you're like the one little organic farm in like, you know, and you have like a five acre lot, well, guess where all the pests are going? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to deal with an entire area of space that they're, that they're not thriving in when they normally would have been. And yeah. now they're like, well, fuck, look at that organic farm over there. That, that lettuce tastes phenomenal. Or those, you know, those, those, you know, Japanese beetles are coming to eat our, our, uh, our, our, our fruit, our fruit bushes and stuff. All of that is happening because of the fact that we're also subsidizing this bad food. And yeah. that's the problem. And, and mo most of us know the problem, but how do we get out of it? And that's really where, you know, where we should focus is like, what do we really need to do? to remove ourselves out of this situation. And you know what? It's really freaking easy. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is, yeah, that head of lettuce that is organic is $2.99, but you got to buy it. Because if yeah. you buy it today and then you buy it tomorrow and then you convince your friend to buy it and then they're buying it and your parents are buying it and then your, your neighbors are buying it and then everyone starts buying it because it becomes this cool thing to do, number one. And number two, that it's actually, it's like the healthier thing and like where... We're supporting local. We're supporting like the things that we actually believe in and thinking on a long-term scale versus the short-term, oh, it costs me more right now. Well, guess what? You know what else is pretty expensive? Healthcare. You know what else is pretty expensive? <laughs> like being in a shitty in a shitty situation physically. Like there's yeah. a cost to that. And yeah. we have to, again, what we were talking about earlier, change ourselves and our habits and that's what's going to unlock everything else. And it's, it's yeah. happening. It's really happening. And I know it's tough. Like, you know, I go to the grocery store and everything is so expensive. Like my, the organic eggs that I buy are like $7. And then they have like a special on the, you know, the shitty, the factory farmed eggs and chickens. And there's like, that's two bucks. And I'm like, shit. Like yeah. that sucks. It does. But when I eat that egg, man, do I feel so much better about where it came from and, and like how I felt about it and like who I supported. And I realized yeah. that that, you know, slowly but surely I see the grocery store shifting. Yeah. I do see more organic. I do see it coming into the, into the thing. And it was greenwashing for the last couple of years, but generally I do feel like it's actually going into the real spectrum of, of, of changing and, and going to farmer's markets and those kind of things. Like you can, this is possible, and, and that's what I like to focus on, you know? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at it, it's like the, the average person cares more about, um, you know, a lot of times the, their money or they have a better, I should say, they have a better relationship with, with their money than they do with their self and their health and those sorts of things. Um, because a lot of times it's like what we're choosing to do and what we're choosing to eat and choosing to buy is clearly a, about the money side of it than it is about our, our own physical health and all these sorts of things. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There are, there are times when financially we're unable to, um, afford to go fully organic, but the, 
just go partly organic. Just start with a, a, a small few items so that at least that's being supported in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I that I always love the idea of, and I mean, it could be something that ends up coming into fruition with uh, what we're doing, but we don't really know. But it's uh, um, the idea of kind of like going almost door to door and with a small information package and, and potentially even seeds at that point, but it's difficult to say. Um, and basically just saying, look, here's the situation, here's, you know, quick tips on, or quick facts on conventional farming, GMOs, this, that, whatever, and here's a bunch of seeds, just start growing it in your backyard. If you're not going to buy your organic food from the supermarket, just please grow stuff. Stop buying the food that is there. It's not helping anybody, this, that, whatever, right? And Mm -hmm. you start getting people to have a relationship with their food and their gardens, and there's so much, like, you know, stress relief too that comes from gardening and growing your own stuff and like having that connection to, to not only the earth but also to what you're eating all these sorts of things um, so just to really encourage and give people here is the information here's the how to and here's the actual seeds just just do it this year just Absolutely. have fun with it you know the other option is you you get a bunch of volunteers together and you go door to door again and, and imagine if you could even just take care of one neighborhood one community of like 50 homes yep. and the volunteers go in and you're digging the gardens for people yep. and that's it. You just, uh, two, three people go in, they dig, uh, even if it's something like a five by 10, four by 10, four by eight, whatever, whatever they can do. Mm-hmm. And you grow your tomatoes, your lettuce and pick something else like kale or you grow whatever it is, it's some staples for people. Yeah. And, and that's it. And it, it's something that you could so easily do and you just have the people maintain it and guess what next year their garden's already ready to go and their their relationship has changed you know i was never a gardener and i couldn't give a fuck about gardening to be honest yeah and when i was younger why would i right there was video games and other things and i didn't know better i didn't know what the hell i was eating and what that really meant like okay i understood that oh too much sugar is probably not the best or i understood like the basics of of you know, what made sense kind of thing. Like I understand that I couldn't eat craft dinner every day and be healthy, but generally I didn't really care. And through having just decided that we were going to take on this project and, and like learn about agriculture and, and then permaculture and all of these things, I'm like obsessed. Like I do work for a garden center called Centre Jardin Brassard. For those of you listening, Centre Jardin Brassard.com freaking phenomenal garden center they have beautiful stuff it's the best best they sponsored Valhalla I love them um, but I also do uh, a lot of their work for their website and video and I walk in there and I feel phenomenal and every week now I like go there and I go to do like photos or something and I'm like shit I need I like that plant I need to plant that I need to do this and I need to put there I need to put it out in that corner on that piece of the land over there because I have a relationship for real with with gardening and with plants and it yep. has changed fundamentally how i do anything like even when i walk on certain areas of grass that i see are over like overstep i feel bad i was like shit like that you know like ah you know or i see a plant that's like not doing as well and i have like an empty i have like a water bottle that's half full and maybe it's gone a little warm i'll take that water and go and give it to that plant like i i'm part of the ecosystem that is around me now and i'm conscious of like what the plants are and what they do and and like I'm becoming more and more aware of it. Have I ever studied any of this? No. Does my education in any way relate to, to gardening and any of this stuff? Absolutely not. I studied marketing in, at McGill. Like that, this has nothing to do with plants. But 
because I value it in the same way that you're valuing maybe even listening to this podcast as a listener, well, you can also value taking a little bit of time to just try something because it doesn't matter if your tomatoes don't grow that well. And it, you're not going to, in your first year or even your first three years, grow enough food to sustain your entire life. But that's not the point. The point is that you, you need to just start and you're going to learn, oh, wait, yeah, the tomatoes didn't do well in the garden on this side of the garden because there wasn't enough sun or whatever. Like you will figure this out as you try. And it's fun. It really is fun. And it sounds laborious. And it sounds like something that is like, you know, as if we're going in the past maybe. But the reality is it's not. It's we're going to the future by gardening. We're going into the, the position of empowering ourselves. If you, instead of seeing it as something like going into the past, but you see it as something that is like enabling you to be the better version of you or spend less time making money to go and earn the money to go do your groceries. Well, guess what? You now have more time to, to visit collectiveevolution.com. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you now have more time to do the things that you are potentially passionate about. And man, I just, I invite everyone who's listening to this to like buy seeds or go to your garden center and just look around. Look around yeah. and plant something. It doesn't have to be a fruit or vegetable, but consider that, you know what? There are some fruits and vegetables. Even if you are lazy, you can plant a fruit tree uh, or two. You should always plant two because they cross-pollinate, and that's what lets you um, have their fruits. But you can plant berry bushes and those kind of things and basically do nothing. It'll take you like an hour to pick it up, plant it, put it in the ground, like, and you know, take care of it here and there at the beginning, and then you'll have the fruits of your labor. And yeah. that value, that feeling is unlike seriously anything else I've ever done personally. And that's the thing is so much of it is just trying it. Like we, we hear about it and then we think, well, I can just go to the grocery store and it's done. It's like, but it's like people don't realize a lot of the times the, the, the change that actually happens when you try it and you do it and you're feeling it and you're touching it. And then like suddenly it's like you feel this love for the plant. And it's like suddenly it's like, wow, like that's totally different. And then you find yourself, you know, paying more attention to just connecting with that and doing that and taking care of your food and doing this than you are watching TV. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly it's like you're getting away from something that, you know, a lot of times doesn't offer too, too much value, which is, you know, the television set. Um, and you're instead doing something that where there's, there's stuff you're going to learn about yourself. There's stuff you're going to learn about food. They're going to learn about, um, you know, just earth and, and, and taking care of yourself, all these sorts of things. There's so many benefits um, that people say, oh, well, I don't have the time. But it's like you do have the time. You're just choosing to do other things with it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I find that it's like even things like, you know, starting to connect with that and starting to do that and make those choices leads you to other things. It always leads you to more. And, and those more is, is usually always something that's really uh, good for your life or good for um, you know, learning more about yourself or whatever it might be that's making a more positive impact on everything. And people also, one of the most important things is that everything you do is like, it's like a leading and living example. So it's like you do it and then your friend comes over and sees, oh, you know, you have tomato plants and like those tomatoes look really good and then they taste it. It's like, wow, that's, that's awesome. And then suddenly they're like, you know, we got to do a garden next year. You know, it's like they, they got to make sure they do it. And like yeah. it's because they're realizing not only the benefits, but they're seeing that, you know, you did it and you're happy and you're passionate about it. And that rubs off on people. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to, to just take it into your own hands and do it. Because even if it's just, quote unquote, for yourself, there's 
other people are also going to benefit from it. And, yeah. and I think that's huge. And a lot of people are missing the environment of friends and a network of people who value some of the same things that they do. Like yeah. some people are like, you know, I've heard this before where they're like, oh, um, you know, I'd love to garden, but like my friends would make fun of me. Or, yeah. or like I want to garden, but I want to do it with somebody else and I don't know who. Well, to be honest, like the number one thing you need to do is just start. Just start because you'll find the right person. Your neighbor will walk by or somebody will be like, oh, you're gardening? Oh, you should come check out my tomatoes. And you didn't yeah. even know that they were a gardener. And you're now yeah. finding this common ground between people who you maybe didn't interact with before, but now you are interacting with that's going to change your perspective. It's going to change how things are, are, are flowing in your life. And it's going to change your life beat. And maybe now, you know, there's, I've definitely lost friends. It, are they not cool people? No, I still love them. I just don't hang out with them as much anymore because I'm too busy doing things like gardening and doing things that I want to do and that I really yeah. believe in. And as much as I've done it, I've began to change the environment of people around me. For the people who don't really care and still don't care as much as I do, they are more and more conscious about it. And at least in my presence, they're a little bit more conscious about certain things too. Like they won't just take something and throw it out the window in front of me. Like that never happens in front of me anymore. Why? Because I, I, maybe they'll do it when I'm not there, but they won't do it when I am there because they understand that it is part of my values to care about our planet as much as we possibly can. And that, that it's unnecessary. And that maybe that small bit of inconvenience for that small period of time will really lead to more convenience later. You know, yeah. Take, take the steps today, take that little bit of time to plan something today, and you'll see it grow tomorrow. And the same happened, it happens in all aspects of our life. You started a website, that website slowly but surely developed into what it needed to be, you got better and better and better at it, and boom, now you have this, this thing that I'm sure people who are looking at starting a website today are envious about, right? And they're like, oh, well, man, like, it seems like it would be a lot to create in the next collective evolution. Well, yeah, fuck, yeah, it would be. But guess what? It's... If you start today, you start planting those seeds today and you work on it and you tend to it every day and you put your intentions and your heart and your love and your energy into it, then it will happen. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's exactly it is. Never, never see the, whatever project, whatever task or whatever thing you're doing as, as a mountain because you, know, you could view anything as a mountain. Next thing you know, it's like going downstairs to get something to eat as a mountain. And yeah. it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to stay here. But, you know, it's like, you just take it in steps. Take it moment by moment. Like, you know, the first step is to do this. All right, I'm focusing on that. I'm going to do that. Again. I'm going to do this one. And if that takes a week, then the next part is this. And as you break that down, you're you're focusing less on the end goal and more about the journey. And, and throughout that journey, you're going to learn so much. And at the same time, you're not living in the future or living in your past thinking, well, this never worked in the past or, you know, it's so far down the road. I'll never, you're just, you're here, you're enjoying it, experiencing the journey, you're learning a lot. And there's there's a lot of value to be had there. Um, and so it's, yeah, never, never give up on something you absolutely want to do just because it seems tough or it seems like, you know, just mm -hmm. bite-sized pieces that always work out. So I want to end this podcast on, on a note of, of like how people can begin to help you more. Like I'm sure mm -hmm. you guys are looking for maybe more writers or more, more video people or maybe you're looking for people to take on different roles. Like where and how should people contact you guys? What, what are you guys looking for? Like maybe ask out to the universe what something somebody can help you with because I know that 
Uh, I've seen other people do it on this podcast and it's worked. So I'd love to, to invite and open the door for you to shamelessly plug the things that you guys can use. Okay, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to put a, everything out there that's just on my mind right now. So uh, one thing we're looking for is somewhere in Ontario, Toronto-ish areas, hopefully closer to that city area. If anybody has any land or, um, I mean, we're looking for 50 acres or more, but mm-hmm. if it's, even if it's not, whatever, and we're, we're looking to partner with people, if you have it for sale at a good price, or if you want to donate land, whatever it might be, we're looking for that um, for our, our project, our off-grid project and our retreat center and all that sort of stuff. Um, that's one thing. Um, in terms of the online, we're always looking to kind of expand into other social uh, networks or, or other ways to share content other than just Facebook because we do recognize the limitations of Facebook and stuff like that. And so, you know, we're hoping to get into other means. Um, so if anybody's like an expert in something, whether it be like, I don't know, Reddit or StumbleUpon or anything, like, you know, we're always open to hearing that out. Um, like you mentioned with the writing, uh, writing is always available for anybody who wants to like jump on board and write and have your stuff seen uh, by others. That's It helps build your own portfolio, offer value to others, do whatever it is, share your thoughts. Um, you know, that's always there. Um, and again, too, we, we are, we're always open to hearing others out. Like we just had a meeting like the other week with some, with some guy that was, um, you know, he's just been around uh, Collective Evolution for a while in terms of checking out the content. And he came up, came up, had this idea to do like these short comical pieces and stuff like that. And like, it was something that we kind of always had just loosely talked about. And it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, like now we have somebody who's like passionate, who like wants to start creating these videos and doing these things. And, you know, here we are now we can team up and kind of like start making these. So we're always open to hearing out ideas uh, and and little projects and this, that, whatever. So by all means, you can contact us on that as well. And all that info is on like the contact page on your website. Yeah. If you just go to collective-evolution.com, you'll be able to find like anything from what content we have about us, you know, contact information, our Facebook page, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Beautiful. Man, I got to thank you so much for for spreading the, the knowledge. Letting us in on, on the behind the scenes of collective evolution a little bit more too, and uh, man, I, I you know I, I hope to I hope to find a way that we can like do more. Like I want to I want to be a part of your team, and I'd love to see what kind of value um, myself personally, and I think Valhalla could could add to you guys. Awesome, yeah. Thanks for doing this, and I and I've been following Valhalla for a while, and I, I love what you guys are doing as well. And I, I, we were supposed to come down there, I don't know, it was like a couple years ago, and do uh, you know some filming and stuff, but. I remember Marty was mentioning that you guys, uh, as well as Jordan, I think you mentioned you guys were having trouble getting like everything in line and like getting things yep. started on time. So the timing didn't work out, but still, I mean, I'd love to, especially when you guys are like ready to get your building going and stuff, like just to be a part of, I guess, the kickoff and all that sort of stuff would be, be exciting. Well, one of the things, yeah, I mean, like I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of talk about this on the end of, on the tail end of this, but one of the things that we're really working on is enabling other people to use uh, a platform that we're calling GreenSeed. And we, we launched GreenSeed as a beta version on our website, which was just basically a WordPress plugin. We used something called Ignition Deck. It allowed us to like fund uh, you know, our solar panel shed that we, we were now building and finishing um, kind of hopefully in the next two, three weeks. And then with that, we are, we're like, okay, well, how do we make this like the next Kickstarter? And how do we go above and beyond what Kickstarter is doing by really tackling not only crowdfunding, but crowdsourcing? And so crowdsourcing, what I mean by that is basically we're tackling three really tough tasks 
that come with making something physical actually happen. The first is social networks, right? Like the ability for people to be able to actually support a project or support an idea by literally sharing their social support and their social reach uh, via an application called Thunderclap, which you should yep. totally check out, check out by the way. Um, and we created a little relationship with them. We're actually helping them out. Thunderclap.it, anybody who's listening. Um, so that's one thing we're integrating into GreenSea. The second one is that we're doing crowdfunding only for social causes and sustainable ideas, but we're doing it in two ways. We're doing it the, the traditional project-based way, right? Like I, you know, I want to build a solar shed. We need $5,000 uh, by this day. Boom. And then you go and you, and you fund it that way. And we're also doing something where people can like sign up to get monthly installations or monthly donations that are on a recurring theme, exactly how uh, Patreon works, for example. Okay. But Patreon is more, it's, or it's kind of dedicated mainly, or it's mainly attracted people who are like YouTubers or podcast creators and that kind of stuff. But how can we have one that is like dedicated to, again, social causes and uh, sustainable initiatives? And so we're actually integrating both of those. And the last one, which no crowdfunding platform is doing right now, is integrating team. Like when we were building our greenhouse, we needed volunteers. We needed people to like come and to coordinate all of those people was one thing to do through our website and putting out a newsletter or something. But wouldn't it have been great to like source that exact same thing on our campaign saying, Hey, we need 40 volunteers sign up here. Like, and then yeah. they just click a button. So we're not just trying to allow not only our own campaigns to have crowd speaking, crowdfunding, and then kind of crowd sourcing of the team, but really enabling other people. And we're looking for just different initiatives. So if like you guys are doing a documentary, you know, this, ideally we're launching something like this, at least in its beta phase in September. Okay. But even if you guys are looking to do a documentary or you're looking to say, Hey, we're going to set up an, an ongoing basis donation that people can donate money to collective evolution. And all of this money on a month to month basis is going to go towards this land or this project. Then yeah. I think you guys can like, you have the network that would allow this to actually manifest itself more and more. But again, it's not only that support, it's, it's also the reach support and also the, the team support. You know, you can ask for, hey, we're looking for an architect to do this. And we're asking, we're looking for an engineer who's uh, specialized in um, thermal mass that you might not already have. And that's something that we're trying to add value to. So that's like the big project that Valhalla's got going on right now. And we're really, we're eventually going to look for more exposure. I'd love to, you know, uh, talk more about it uh, offline or off air, I guess. But the idea would be to to find ways to enable other people to really crowdfund their sustainable dreams and their social causes. Awesome. Man. That sounds like a great idea. Bringing together a lot of like probably the key things too, that you learned along the way of doing your other oh, campaigns. And it was like, you know, how can we kind of offer a better solution for future projects, but also for other people? Yeah. And, do it and as specifically well. with, with Facebook's API going down and then crowdfunding is on the rise. And then the team part being like this physical action thing. These are really the most important ingredients that I, that, I've been able to identify individually and then kind of the green seed team that we're now kind of working on and, and putting together has been able to, to kind of pull together. And we're, we're looking to invite people to our kind of second beta phase where it's, where it's the public version of it. And I'd love to, to have collective evolution beyond on that, uh, on that team. 
Yeah, I'd love to check it out and learn more. I mean, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I remember uh, Marty mentioning it, and I, I quickly checked it out, but it was yeah, it was like kind of like limited at the time. Yeah, yeah, and it's still like that right now. If you go on Greenseed right now, it's it's just the Ignition Deck plugin. It's it, yeah. it's like a Kickstarter replica, but the mm-hmm. the goal is like I said, it's it's really creating its own platform and it's going to have its own look and it's it's really its own website completely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's really really intriguing for me, and and I think. That's going to enable other people to be like, hey, you know what? I want to do a little community garden in my in my town in Baltimore, and yeah. I'd love to fund it on this site that has like a, an audience of people who believe in these same types of things. And so, yeah, I think I don't know. I feel like it's going to work. I feel like it can it can really, um, you know, it's like a it's like a catalyst to other people's ideas, not just Valhalla's. And yeah. so, I've been going around kind of pitching it to people and, and letting you know people know that it's coming and we're going to be there soon and we're going to allow people to kind of navigate this website and create their projects soon enough for sure that sounds awesome yeah all right well uh let me stop this so anyway don't forget to subscribe don't forget to uh, check out collective dash or hyphen evolution.com uh rate this podcast share it like it all those things really help guys thank you so much for listening and uh, thank you so much joe for for being a part of it thanks for having me